Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. Now, on December 3, 2014, Japan's Space Agency launched the Hayabusa 2 spacecraft with a six-year mission to retrieve asteroid samples from Ryugu, Ryugu being a C-type asteroid, an especially primordial celestial body, and pieces of it could help explore the origins of the planets, the water of Earth's oceans, and even the source of life itself. The Hayabusa 2 arrived at Ryugu in June of 2018, collected its samples, and returned to Earth in an armored reentry capsule late last year. And throughout its mission, the Hayabusa 2 had Renaissance radiation-hardened ICs aboard, which is just the latest chapter in the company's involvement in the space agency, spanning more than six decades. So we're really excited to learn more about the mission and Renaissance's involvement. And on the line, we've got Renaissance Power Management Marketing Engineer, Kieran Bernard. So Kieran, welcome aboard. And maybe you can start by uh, summarizing Renaissance's um, long history in space exploration, when it started, uh, maybe some of the highlights. Uh, sure. First off, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, the, uh, as far as space exploration, we've had a few names changes throughout the years uh, through various MAs. So uh, it's, we started out in 1950 uh, under the name Radiation Inc., where we uh, were a key player in digital communications for space. Uh, data management, computer-based control systems, and tracking tra satellite tracking systems. Uh, in 1967, uh, we wanted to diversify the, uh, our portfolio and get into the commercial sector. Uh, so we uh, merged with, at the time, uh, a company called Harris Intertype Corporation. Harris Intertype wanted to modernize their mechanical uh, printing presses, which is what they manufactured at the time. Uh, and Radiation Inc. wanted to get into the commercial sector, so it was sort of a win-win in that sense. Uh, Radiation Inc. became known as Harris, um, Harris Semiconductor after the merger, uh, where they developed the uh, dielectrically isolated wafer technology that proved to be a huge advantage in rat-hard environments. Uh, 1999, uh, Harris Semiconductor was spun off to form Intersol Corporation, and then finally, in 2017, we were acquired by Renesis, where the Intersil logo remains as a brand for our family of high-rail products. Oh, excellent. Well, you know, in terms of the, the Hayabusa 2, which, which just returned, what, what was the extent of Renesis's involvement? Uh, so we have a wide range of uh, collateral as part of our product development process. So this includes evaluation boards, user guides, application notes, and data sheets. Um, where that our that our customers can use, but they also have access to our our applications engineers um, who help with any of the technical inquiries or, or issues that might come up during their design process. Our applications engineers are are an integral part of product development and validation, so they're a key resource for our customers. Um, so you know just helping them throughout their design process. Okay, um, now. A potential Mars mission um, will have to deal with a very specific problem other than the extreme distance and isolation, which, which I think has, has uh, you know, captured most of the press so far. And I, I think that this problem that we're talking about ties in with what we've got here. So how do Renaissance's radiation-hardened ICs perform throughout the six-year mission and any specific feedback from Japan's space agency? Um, so first off, uh, I can say that uh, 
from all the test data that we've gathered on our own uh, for, for a lot of the parts, they behave very well under uh, total ionizing dose and single event effects. A lot of the time our parts are practically indifferent to radiation, or at least when they're uh, exposed to single, single event effects, they, they recover very quickly. So uh, from a design standpoint for our customers, it's, it's very simple for them to incorporate our parts into their, uh, into their uh, systems. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's, that's basically it right there. Uh, no problem. Well, now, we, we are, of course, a, a power publication. Um, that, so with, with the JOXA mission in the books and, and all you've learned, uh, what sort of trends can you see from the power management point of view for satellite applications? Uh, sure. Uh, so well, one of the things I see um, is to reduce the number of intermediate bus rails uh, that are within the, the payload uh, between the, the solar arrays or batteries down to the pointer loads. Uh, you know, tr traditionally you step down from either like 50, 70, or 100 volts uh, from solar array down to let's say 28 volts, and then you know eventually to f uh, 5 volts, 3.3 volts that gets set to the point of loads. Um, it, there's a it, now there's a, a step to get rid of the 5 and 3.3 to you know move to 12 volts that feeds directly to the point of loads with the eventual goal at the end to be to get rid of 12 completely and step from 28 volts down to the uh, point of load directly. The, the point of reducing the number of steps in the system is to improve the overall system's efficiency uh, and also just cut down uh, uh, on weight as well because you know, power supplies can be heavy. Um, uh, another uh, uh, trend that we, we notice is to um, drive redundant power supply um, architectures, sort of, sort of like the, uh, the space VPX standard. And the goal of that is just to make sure that you know you've got precious digital cargo on board that that does heavy uh, heavy lifting um, uh, uh, processing. You want to make sure that those uh, processing engines essentially have power all the time. And so, having a way to uh, architecture that allows for you know if there's if there's something wrong with a single power supply, switch in another one that you know helps keep things moving as well. Uh, and um, uh, another thing is that as, as technology nodes get smaller and smaller, uh, especially for these, these new FPGAs and microcontrollers, we see core voltages dropping, uh, as well as the current requirements for those rails increasing, um, and all in all with tighter and tighter tolerances. So from a power management standpoint, uh, that trend is quite challenging uh, to handle, but I, I'd say we've done a pretty good job meeting those needs you know, with, uh, with our current portfolio, and we definitely intend on meeting them for uh, the future as well with our, with our upcoming products. Excellent. Well, I thanks, Karen. On, on behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in, and have a great day.